What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Self-Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher. And I'm Kelsey Cook. And today's episode is about performance anxiety. All of the performance anxieties, you know, jobs and doing it and all of it. <laughs> just everything under the sun. <laughs> leave it leave it to you to just be like, call it doing it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to cover everything from, you know, stage fright to, um, you know, career stuff to presentations and school, everything like that. But to hand jobs. <laughs> <laughs> all the jobs, all the occupations. <laughs> it should just be called occupational anxiety. <laughs> right. We're really going to get, we're going to, we're going to get into it. We're going to dig yeah. deep. I'm hoping to hear some fun stories uh, in this episode per, ch- per, per chance. Is that, was that a word? Per, per chance. chance, yeah. Perhaps. Okay. Shall we get into a quotable, Kelsey Cook? Sure. Oh my gosh. Right. As soon as I wasn't, I didn't even think that we would be getting into that sort of thing later. And I just had such a sad hand job story pop up into my head that <laughs> maybe I will share it later on the podcast. If you uh, feel comfortable, no pressure. Sure. Um, all right. Well, we do have a quote. Do you, would, would you like to read it? I would. Okay. We always get, in, we get a little British at some point in the show, I feel like. <laughs> Um, okay, this was submitted by Helpster Sarah. Uh, it's not attributed to anybody specifically, but it says, don't aim to prove those who doubt you wrong. Prove those who believe in you right. Mm, that That's a, a good, good one. one. That's, That's a, a good really one, good Sarah. one. Thanks I'm going to read that one again. Yes. Don't aim to prove those of, oh wait, don't aim to prove those who doubt you wrong 
pro. <laughs> you know what? I should have just stuck with the first time. God damn it. Okay, I'm going to get through this. You're Don't ruining aim- this incredible quote. I Kelsey. know. I'm taking a shit all over it now. Don't aim to prove those who doubt you wrong, prove those who believe in you right. Boom. Good. I can. Were you having performance speak. anxiety? Perhaps? <laughs> I was. <laughs> oh, my brain. Um, it kind of reminds me of that quote that's uh, those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. Mm hmm. I love that one. Yeah, that is a good one. That is a good yeah. one. I like it. And um, if you want to submit a quote that gets on the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash selfhelpless. So yes. let's get into it. Okay. What is performance anxiety? We're going to talk about what it is, managing it, personal experiences, the, the whole thing. So millions yeah. of people suffer from performance anxiety. Performance anxiety is fear about one's ability to perform a specific task. People experiencing performance anxiety may worry about failing before it has even begun. They might believe failure will result in humiliation or rejection. That's cited by good therapy. Yeah. Did you hear Maverick sneeze? No. Okay. <laughs> in the background. Sorry. He is spazzing oh, out in the back. For those of you who watch on YouTube, you can oh, get a little yeah. bit of... He's really... Oh, he's really enjoying that blanket. Um, oh so anxiety cute. around a public presentation or show is often called stage fright, which I experienced every single time I performed. Almost wow. every single time. I, I, I really... There's probably only a handful of times where I feel like I didn't feel nervous. Um, did, do you have any stage fright anymore, Kels? No, I mean, I wouldn't call it stage fright. It's uh, sometimes if it's a particularly important show, I, I'll i get a little nervous um, or I just want to make sure that I'm prepared. That helps ease my nervousness quite a bit, but yes. generally not so much anymore. Mm, that's good. That's good. I, it, it definitely got a little bit better for me, but it was always there to the point where I Flangering. like the fact that I did stand up for six and a half years. I can't even imagine getting on stage now. That's wow. how that's how strange <laughs> it is now yeah. to be at this in this moment in my life versus what I was doing. Yeah. Um, you must address and revise any negative perceptions, beliefs, thoughts, images, and predictions related to public speaking or performing. Yeah, that that whole concept of, you know, worrying about failing in yeah. front of people. But even okay, let's say that you forget some words or you, you know, you, your mind goes blank or you trip and fall. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a total failure. <laughs> you know? No, it might be a little embarrassing, but I think we all we all believe that that is just one of, one of the worst things that can happen to you if you're in a situation when you're giving a presentation or something. And, you know, sometimes it makes the presentation better. <laughs> yeah. I, I think where a lot of that fear for people stems from is this idea that it has to be done perfectly and that you can't be human about it. When in reality, how often do people perform publicly especially perfectly like it that's so rare or people who i think there's a lot of performance anxiety surrounding sex particularly yes. because porn makes it seem like it can all be done perfectly when in reality it's like well that's all choreographed they knew right. that they were about to move into that right. position and do that specific thing with their mouth and all of that whereas on a day-to-day -day basis like that's not the reality for people 
Absolutely. And I think it's also interesting because I don't know this idea of like being on stage in front of a lot of people or just even this idea of being a celebrity, like celebrity is such a strange concept Mm -hmm. because if you think about it a long time ago, you were probably not seeing many people throughout the day. Right. Like if you're li- you're living in your your smaller community or right. something, you might be passing by a few people every once in a while. But to be in front of a massive crowd or a, a big group of people, um, I feel like, yeah, our does, you know, is it our flight or flight that kind of kicks in where yeah. we almost feel like, well, I everybody can see me or a lot of eyes are on me and mm-hmm. therefore this might be a threat. Like I need to right. ma- I need to watch my every move to make sure that. I don't do something that makes me get attacked or kicked out of the group or whatever. Yeah. That's where I feel like, cause you know, where, where that stems from, it's gotta be something really deeply ingrained too, that we feel like we can't fail in, in public. Yeah. Right. Well, there's so much, I think there's so much, so much shame underlying everything. So much fear of being shamed by others if you don't perform perfectly, whatever, yeah. in whatever aspect it is. Oh yeah. I remember you know? just when, uh, even when I was, when I did stand up, I never felt like I had the luxury to fail um, right. on stage. I think we've talked about this too, just the difference yeah. between how people might perceive you being a f- woman who does comedy versus me, you know, a man who does comedy. And I feel like if a, if a dude was running new material and maybe it didn't go so well, whatever people would give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, ah, he's just trying out some new jokes. But mm-hmm. if a woman gets up there, try some new material, maybe it doesn't work out, but whatever she moves on to the next joke. It's like, Oh, she sucks. She sucks at comedy. There's no, there's no grace or wiggle room or anything. And I, I could see that, you know, you can yeah. feel that. And so it, I feel like that kind of fear, that pressure, uh, stunted my growth in a lot of ways um, as a performer, especially starting in LA and then growing in Los Angeles, where a lot of people say, "Hey, no, listen, you need to go somewhere, somewhere else, you know, yeah, Get decent at at doing this, where somebody's not going to really see you, and then come to Los Angeles or come to New York, and there, and then you can be visible." Um, yeah, that really stuck in my head too. Like, oh gosh, I really have no room to be new or shitty at this in a lot of ways. I still feel that way. Um, I, you know, really? I do I do have to work on new material all the time. But because I've been headlining now the last few years and you are the name on the website, you're the name on the ticket, like you are who they are paying money to see. Yeah. There's this pressure that I have to I have to do great every time mm. because it's a new crowd of people every time. So if you were to f- just fuck up hard for a show and like try a bunch of shit that just didn't work, yeah. well, it doesn't matter that the other maybe four shows of the weekend were great. That entire crowd of that one bad show would then not think well of you. And stand up is such one of those things where people i i hear i've had hairdressers tell me about it uh just random people they're like oh my god you know what is the worst comedy show i ever saw like everybody has a story of mm. seeing a comedian that they just thought was terrible and then right. they talk about it and you're like i don't right. ever want to be one of those people right and i had a guy come up to me this still happens all the time i had a guy come up to me um at my show in philly and be like so this was my first comedy show i've ever been to and uh you know i got to be honest like my 
my expectations for seeing you were like really low, but you were great. And, but that's what I'm talking about where it's like, you don't, it's, you don't want to go in and work on too much new shit all at once that could potentially make the show not go well Mm -hmm. because you're, especially as a woman, always trying to prove people wrong (laughs) in terms of standup. Right. Yeah, it's just another layer of pressure. And I, w- I would always put like the bumpers on where I'd be like, okay, I'd, I'll open with shit I know works. I'll close with shit I know works. And then some shit in between will be new. But at least they'll be yep. getting some tried and true. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the hopefully. sandwich. Always. Lots of sandwiches and weaving things in because I was never confident enough to just get up there and be like, it's all new tonight, people. No, there's <laughs> no Yeah, um, man. But yeah, being in front of people like this, you know, there's a lot of fear that a mistake will damage your reputation or make you seem less than perfect. In group performances, someone may worry about how their actions will affect the group. Ooh, that is, that's, that is a good one. Especially Um, especially for our podcast. We've talked about that, how the three of us are always worried that like, we're the weakest link in the, you know, groups make it that much more heightened. Absolutely. Always worried like, okay, am I doing enough? Do they think I'm doing enough? All of that. Yep. And people who already have social anxiety, which nailed it. Um, (laughs) You (laughs) might be especially self-conscious or it might heighten that for you. I mean, we even talked about just doing this podcast. Sometimes we'll do it. We'll do an episode and then we will overthink everything that we said. We're like, oh gosh, that didn't come out right. Or like, maybe we should cut this or, you know, all of that just kind of spiraling yeah. um, to the point where when we record a podcast, um, I have to go just do something totally like an activity to take, take this off of my mind. We've kind of talked about that too. Yeah. Um, performance anxiety does not indicate a lack of talent. Um, people like Barbara Streisand experienced severe stage fright at the height of her career. I know, um, oh my gosh, why can't I? Steve Martin still yep. throws up before every show to this day, right? Yes. Like in his book. Yeah. Um, so that that is fascinating. Before becoming a civil rights leader, Mahatma Gandhi struggled with public speaking for years. So this stuff, I, it never went away for me. I can't speak for anybody else, but I think you just learn to manage it better. You v- develop your own toolkit for mm-hmm. how you can show up and kind of convince yourself <laughs> that everything yeah. is going to be okay. Um, Some of the physical symptoms that you might have when you're experiencing performance anxiety, it can include racing pulse and rapid breathing, uh, dry mouth, tight throat. Oh my God, dry mouth. Absolutely get that, especially on stage. Uh, Trembling hands, knees, lips, and voice, sweaty and cold hands, uh, nausea, and an uneasy feeling in your stomach, uh, vision changes. So yeah, I mean, I've made lots of jokes about having IBS and that that is like a rough, you know, your stomach can get so tight and upset when you're nervous. And then I especially relate to the trembling hands. Um, Mm -hmm. So embarrassing because the times in my life where I've been most nervous on stage, like I I talk with my hands on stage. And so sometimes if I'm really nervous, my hand will be shaking. And then I don't want to do any motion with my hand because I don't want people to see that I'm shaking. So then I get really like... I'll just like keep my hand to myself or something. I hate that feeling like, oh, oh shit, dude. I just realized, yeah, I, I used, I used to keep my hand in my pocket 
So my hand literally was just stuck. So it couldn't couldn't shake or wiggle around. Or if I was using my hand, I was making sure it was like big motions. Oh yeah. Just like work through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, I, but I experienced like my, my palms would get so sweaty. I would get so nervous having to shake the host hand before going up to, to perform. Yeah. Uh, So embarrassed by that. Um, always felt like I was going to shit myself no matter what, just like before, during, and after it usually subsided, but absolutely like that. Um, my, I would, I went blank. My mind went blank probably almost every time I was on stage ever. Yeah. And we talked about that recently that I have that too, where my mind just like, I haven't, it happens almost every weekend still that there will be a moment in a show where my brain, I just fuck with myself and I'm like, Hey, what, what would happen right now? If you just like, couldn't think of the next thing you're supposed to say. And my brain just goes like, absolutely. And I would always feel, um, this is for anything, whether it was stand up or public speaking, I was giving a presentation in class. Even I get nervous at giving toasts at weddings or officiating weddings. Like I get nervous and I get very lightheaded. Like I'm like, okay, I could pass out. I could pass out if I, if I'm not like really working on my breathing and stuff like that. And one thing I realized is I can, I don't really drink coffee much anyway, but I drank coffee one time right before a show. And then I got on stage and I could not stop shaking. And my voice was really, really (laughs) unstable. And same thing. I could never have a sip of alcohol before going on stage because I would get drunk immediately. And then I would mess up my jokes. I would slur my words, all this stuff. And I realized, I think the adrenaline was so heightened that any kind of substance just it was just, you know, it was insane. So, um, that was, that was always tough. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I could pass out. Not the best. Um, so let's move into, oh, actually I'm curious to know what Mm -hmm. is the, what is the most nervous you've ever been for a show or anything else performance anxiety wise? Um, I think when I did the tonight show. Yeah. And when I had my audition at the Comedy Cellar, mm. those were my yeah, two. Those are big ones. They're such high stakes. Yeah. <laughs> some yeah. people have been, some really famous comedians have been quoted online saying that they were more nervous for their Comedy Cellar audition than they were for their Saturday Night Live audition. Oh my gosh. I mean, that is the sort of pressure around yeah. around it. So, yeah. um yeah, both of those times I think it's I think that's the most nervous I've been for for a performance. Oh god. Yeah. Well, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. I think but You know yeah. what's cool is that once you do those though, then nothing's ever as bad again. Like nothing yeah, cuz right. because once you it that is a good feeling where I mean, you can pump yourself up all day and be like I can do this, but once you actually physically do the thing, and you yeah. come out the other side of it, then you go, okay. Like I have proven to myself that I can do these things. And so um, from that point on, things get a lot less scary. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, it's so weird. I mean, my hands are sweating right now and my armpits because oh, we are yeah. recording the podcast. Oh, me too. You know oh what my I mean? gosh, this, me too. Mm-hmm. After I get done, I'm, I am wet and it's, not in a desirable that makes, way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel so much better. Yeah. I, uh I get sweaty too. Yes. And my, the most nervous for me, it's not, it was never even like, okay, this is a TV thing or this is a big show or this, if it is being filmed 
and or if people I know are in the audience, I'm a I'm a fucking nervous wreck. If I know if I if there's people I know or if there's going to be a camera, I'm very in my head and I I do not like it. My best shows, my best performances, whatever, were always when I didn't know anybody in the audience, middle of nowhere, nobody who even knows yeah. somebody who knows me is there. Yeah. And that's where I felt the most kind of free and and out of my head. Um yeah. So. Yeah, I get excited at the thought of uh, hopefully getting to do the Tonight Show again someday because yeah. of knowing that that first time was the most nervous I could ever be doing right. it. And I would love to just like get to experience doing it and feeling much more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would say stand-up helped me with the fact that I it was such an extreme for me. Like I, w- I was battling myself almost every night that it's really made most other things not very scary. Yes. It set the bar so high that, you know, if let's say, you know, maybe I was starting a new job or I was doing something new in my business, I felt way more comfortable in that uncomfortable area. Because I'm like, listen, I'd rather do this. (laughs) I'd rather do this than get in front of people and talk. So at least there's that. At least there's that. Yeah. Um, Shall we talk a little sexual performance anxiety, perhaps? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So sex is more than just a physical response. Your emotions have something to do with it, too. When your mind is too stressed out to focus on sex, your body can't get excited sometimes either. Um, I've definitely experienced that with, you know, partners and stuff like that. Um, Lots of different worries can lead to the, this issue, Uh, fear that you won't perform well in bed and satisfy your partner sexually, poor body image, including concern over your weight, problems in your relationship, worry that your penis won't measure up, concern about ejaculating (laughs) too early or taking too long to reach orgasm, anxiety about not being able to have an orgasm or enjoy the sexual experience. Oh yes. I mean, yeah. It would be uh, it would be nice at some point to have um, somebody come on the podcast who identifies as male and talk about their experience with performance anxiety in bed because I do feel like not that there isn't performance anxiety on women as well, but um, man, like that whole that generally like we we don't have to get hard the way that a guy has to get hard, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and that I just, oh, there's so much, I feel like there's so much shame surrounding erectile dysfunction and stuff like that. And man, a lot of, a lot of pressure, a lot of anxiety, I'm sure for people. I, yeah, I can't imagine the pressure. I know the, the pressure I used to experience, which was, okay, before my boob job, okay, my boobs are too small. Oh my God, I'm gonna take my shirt off. They're gonna, my boobs look bigger in a bra. Now they're gonna be like, oh, wait a minute. This is not what I signed up for. Um, Or the fact that it takes me so, I mean, here's the thing. I can't usually orgasm from somebody else. I need to either do it myself or bring a big old vibrator into the picture. Um, (laughs) You're my (laughs) bop it friend where I always, (laughs) because I feel like you and I are on the opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of having orgasms. Where I have been very blessed to be able to um, be multi-orgasmic, whereas you have to, it's like twist it, bop Mm -hmm. it, blow it, 
twist it, suck it, like all oh. at the same time. Yes. There's <laughs> an exact passcode for this shit down here. <laughs> yeah. It really is. It's yeah. it, it's down to a science at this point. There's no guessing. Um, well, yeah. And yeah, so I would always get nervous like, okay, it's going to come up at some point that they're going to realize that I'm not orgasming. And then I got to talk, I got to tell them about it. Like, Hey, listen, it's, this is just, it's not, it's not you, you know, it's not you. Yeah. Um, I, I can do it myself, but I don't feel like doing that right now. You know, so like that, yeah. that conversation and some people would kind of feel bad that they could not do that for me. Like it was something about them and their performance or some people took it as a challenge. Like, no, I'm going to be the person to do it. And like, okay, you're going to be down there for several hours. So I guess <laughs> go, go for it and tell me when you get tired. Um, but yeah, that, that was always in the back of my head. And now I feel like, I don't know about you, Kels, but I think I used to have a lot of p- performance anxiety mm-hmm. with sex when I, I don't know, uh, was younger or had, you know, maybe was having more partner situations. <laughs> um, never, but I, I usually did not feel nervous if I was drunk, uh, that, that usually took the all liquid that away. courage, but yeah, mm-hmm. the liquid courage. Um, but if I was sober, uh, it was, I was always really nervous and sweaty and all this stuff. Um, but I don't feel like that anymore. And I don't even think I felt that with cam. I think I was more focused on, the communication aspect instead, like finding out what he's into, what my preferences are right, and communicating before the per- performance anxiety maybe was even an issue. Right. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Well, and we were touching on this earlier that... I think so many people put this pressure on themselves to perform perfectly in bed. And I think people put that pressure on themselves when it's the first time they've slept with somebody. Right. Which is like, and I've, I am including myself in that, that I will put that pressure on myself. And then in reality, it's like, well, everybody comes from different things. Everybody has different preferences. And even if you communicate that to one another initially of like, this is what I like. Okay. What do you like? You, uh, I mean, it still can take time to like do what that person wants the way that they want it or have them do the things that like make you come the right way. Like it's, yeah, I think there's so much, um, such a feeling in our society of like, well, there's all these other options out there. There's all these other people. So if the first time you hook up with somebody, if it doesn't like go amazingly well porn shoot level right. 
right. then you're like, oh God, I just, I feel like so many people have to feel that way. Yeah. And it's like, instead of thinking about performing, if you just shift it to just, I don't know, sharing information, like communicating, because right. like you said, you could be thinking, oh, I am crushing it. I crushed it this first time. And they're like, mm, they're thinking this is not what I'm into. So right. that last person you were with, maybe you, for them, that was a solid performance, but this new person might like things that are completely opposite. So yeah. I don't think it's even, I don't know if it's uh, even possible to be like, you know, I did it perfectly the first time because you don't, you don't really know what they're into quite yet. There's that learning curve for a while. Right. And there's such a, I think when you're more comfortable with somebody, you can have more fun in, in terms of like, you can laugh sometimes and not take it so seriously, but there yeah. is kind of an element in the beginning of that it has to only be super hot and sexy. And <laughs> And that puts so much pressure on one another because you feel like you can't necessarily just straight up ask things or whatever, or does that make sense yeah. when I'm saying that it's, it, yes, there's kind of a tension. Yes. And you're just in your head like, oh gosh, should I tell him that this is not working? He seems yeah. like he's, he thinks he's crushing it. I don't want right. to, <laughs> right. I can't feel bad in the moment, but you know, I, I, um, I realized that. I was way less, I, I really wasn't in my head with Cam, but that's because I did not think he'd be my husband one day. <laughs> I was really thinking, all right, I don't really give a shit what this dude thinks of me. Honestly, like, let's just go for it. And that, that happened, um, this like natural kind of like playful cracking up making yeah. jokes thing happened. I think because I was so comfortable of like, I mean, this could go great or fail. And I just, it's fine either way. There's no, no stakes here. And you were just then, being a fuck boy about it. Yeah. You know? I was just being a total fuck boy. <laughs> <I really was. laughs> and then it turned into something <laughs> like, oh, wow. Um, this is, if I knew I was going to seriously date this person, I don't know if I would have been so candid, let's say. I mean, I yeah. was really, you know, being yeah. strange. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here are a few tips to help reduce performance anxiety slash stage fright, all that stuff. Um, shift the focus from yourself and your fear to your true purpose, which is contributing something of value to your audience. That's mm -hmm. a great tip, honestly. I love um, that one. I have to do that constantly, remind myself. Seriously. I had, I had that thought this weekend. Um, I, I had shows at Spokane Comedy Club and there was a moment a couple hours before the show where I was like getting in my head a little bit about it and was like, oh, I just, I want to try these new things. I don't know if this thing is going to go well. And I was just, I was getting really, um, being really serious about it. Yeah. And I do take it seriously because it is my job, but I heard myself talking that way to myself. And I just was like, well, how about you just have fun? Right. Like, right. What a, what a novel concept. Why don't you just go out there and enjoy your job that you love and laugh with these people and make them laugh, you know? And it, it just made it such a fun weekend in that way to kind of take a step back and remember why I do this. Like I do this because it's, it makes me happy. Not right. like that I should be making myself miserable, worrying about a bunch of shit and catastrophizing for things that don't matter. 
Absolutely. I know I'm personally always reminding myself when, you know, whether it's showing up for a podcast or even um, in my coaching business or mm-hmm. some kind of new interview or whatever experience. And I find myself getting in my head about my performance. I have to realize, oh, wait a minute, this is not about me, which is actually really nice to remember, like, take the pressure off of me. This is about what helps other people, what's yeah. going to help other people. And I can show up imperfectly and help somebody else. It doesn't have to be, you know, right. Razzle dazzle or whatever. <laughs> um, it right. can be just however you can get the information out there. Like we could, we could record a podcast that we're stumbling over our words and we kind of like, ah, shit, that wasn't a super clear strain of thought, whatever, it, whatever it might be. And then we get an email about that particular episode from somebody saying, this helped me leave a toxic situation or this, I needed this episode at, you know, I was at a really low point and this gave me comfort. And it's like, oh, that's what fucking matters. It doesn't matter if I stumbled upon uh, these five words that I keep ruminating over. It just matters about showing up, doing the best you can with what you have at that time and hoping that it helps somebody or it makes somebody laugh or, you know, it's like all of this stuff and just showing up with that intention. And I think... Just a good reminder for people who are putting a lot of pressure on themselves with perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Um, I have learned that the times in my life where I've had really important auditions or sent really important tapes to get booked for something, anytime I've gotten booked, the the tape that I have been booked off of is not perfect. Mm-hmm. Like there are flaws in it and I can still get booked. And that was a huge learning lesson for myself of like, See, you a perfection doesn't exist, but you can do something and still be worth having the thing. Yes, people can still see you at your best, like doing your best, even though it's not perfect, and go, She's ready for this opportunity. Mm -hmm. So, absolutely, yes, you don't have to be perfect to succeed. And you know what? I actually like when people aren't perfect in a way. I I like if I'm watching something, let's say I'm watching a presentation and somebody messes up and they're like, fucking lost my place. Hold on one second. It kind of just, I think it breaks the ice for everybody because I think we also forget that uh, sometimes the other person is nervous to be there too. Most likely they are like your audience members, Kelsey, are probably nervous sitting in the front row thinking, oh my gosh, what if I get talked to? Or what if somebody yeah. looks at me weird? Or Right. And mm-hmm. same thing, like my clients might show up and be like, I'm kind of nervous to meet, you know, Delaney for the first time. And I might be like, I'm nervous to meet this person for the first time. Like we're both nervous. Everybody's nervous. Yeah. Um, so remembering that I think is extremely helpful too. Yeah. Um, I was watching an interview with Kim Cattrall the other day who played Samantha on Sex and the City. Mm. And she talked about how Samantha's character over time, um, she eventually, she gets breast cancer and she is asked to be the speaker at this um, cancer event and she's going through chemo. So she's wearing a wig and because of the chemo, she's also having hot flashes and all of that. And so she gets on stage and she's, she's been preparing all day for this big speech and she's put all this pressure on herself and she gets on stage and she's just like pouring sweat, like looks so uncomfortable, just doesn't look like herself. And then she's like, fuck it. And she just takes her wig off and throws it on the ground. And then everybody else in the crowd who's also wearing wigs takes their wig off and throws it on the ground. And she yeah. talked about that that scene apparently was really, really 
impactful for people who um, have or had cancer and are going through chemo. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think like you're saying that times where people just show that they're human, even though it's just a portrayal in a TV show, right? you can even see in the show that that's what the people wanted. The people didn't want her to go up and be a cookie cutter speaker and just say the typical motivational stuff. It was when she showed what she was going through that people connected to it. It's a lot more relatable and it gives uh, other people uh, permission to be imperfect too and show up imperfectly. It's just like, it's like a big sigh of relief sometimes when somebody kind of messes up. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, practice ways to calm and relax your mind and body, such as deep breathing, relaxation exercises, yoga, meditation. I know we sound like broken records about that shit and it's such like a duh tip, but I mean, it does really help. Um, Exercise, eat well, and practice other healthful lifestyle habits. Try to limit caffeine, sugar, and alcohol as much as possible. Deli, you were just talking about caffeine. (laughs) Really fucking things up before before performances sometimes. Um, Visualize your success. Always focus on your strength and ability to handle challenging situations. Absolutely. Like if you are starting to catastrophize and spiral, think about the things that you are great at and think Mm -hmm. about like the ways that it's going to go so well. Absolutely. You got to trust yourself that you'll figure it out. I also always liked having a couple of things in my back pocket. Like if I'm like, okay, if this bombs or if this does not go well, I'm going to say this thing because I've tested it out yes. and this works. Okay. And that'll get me back on track. And then maybe it'll give me time to remember what I was thinking and then get, yeah. you know, go that way. Have but an exit strategy. Absolutely. Oh, and I love the tip. If you can remember the first two sentence of something, you're usually good to go that will break the ice enough for me to kind of feel comfortable and oh, keep going. Oh, I got you. Or yeah. Starting just, off with something kind of funny or lighthearted or whatever to get into it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, prepare your material in advance and read it aloud to hear your voice. Can't recommend this enough. Oh, yeah. That's a really big part of me not having so much nervousness on stage now um, is, is being prepared. Like, mm-hmm. That's been big for me always. I mean, you listeners know that we're so type A here on this podcast, but it's important to me. I I am aware that, like I said, people are paying money to come to these shows and I want to, I don't have to be perfect. I know I don't have to be perfect, but I do want to be prepared. I want to be a professional and and know the things I'm going to talk about on stage. Mm -hmm. Um, Make connections with your audience smile and greet people thinking of them as friends rather than enemies. Oh, that's a good way to do it too. I should, I should think of that rather than like, okay, I have to prove all these people wrong. It's like, right. They're, they're here. They want to see you. Um, stand or sit in a self-assured, confident posture, remain warm and open and make eye contact. Uh, yeah. I remember a friend of mine and I don't know if Nikki's talked about it on podcast or not, but, um, one of my comedy friends had done a show with Nikki Glazer, and I, I heard that before shows, she'll put her hands on her hips, like almost like a superhero pose. Power stance, and, yeah. Like before she goes on stage, we'll do like kind of a superhero stance and really just like stand in that and feel that confidence. And so now my friend uh, does that too. And it's that's such a great tip because you change your energy in your body to be like, oh no, I am I'm strong. I'm going to go do this. Absolutely. Or like putting your hand like, I think like over your hands over, right? Like your hands up really high or something Uh like that helps. I used to jump in the back of the room. I used to jump, like if I was about to go on stage, I would hop around and basically do some jumping jacks to just get the nervous energy out of my body. So I would go up a little bit more looking like I was calm. 
um, because I had gotten that out and I used to, yeah, I used to try my best to, to say my set or speech or whatever out loud a -hmm. few times before the the performance, the show, the presentation, whatever it might be. And then if you say it over and over again, you're kind of on autopilot at some point. Like if, even if you get nervous, I, even I would like kind of blank out. I would still be saying the things like, how the fuck am I doing this shit? How am I saying the right things even though Isn't I am crazy? terrified? Your, yeah. your mind kind of takes over in that way, which is helpful. Absolutely. Um, and the last tip, which we've been saying, give up trying to be perfect. Know that it is okay to make mistakes. Just be natural. Be yourself. It's what people relate to. Um, do you, Delaney Fisher, yes. have any funny or, I don't know, interesting stories about – like yeah. sexual performance, anxiety, or um, anything like that. I okay. Let's see. One that pops out. I had I had really bad performance anxiety about taking a test. I was okay. t- I was taking a, an exam to get into this high school that I wanted to go to, and got there really early. And then five minutes into the test. I had to take the biggest dump of my life. So I had to basically, after they had said like, look, you please use the bathroom. Really? You should not be using the bathroom. Anytime somebody says, don't use the bathroom during this, I I start to get nervous. Like, okay, well, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom now. Um, So they had just made that announcement like five minutes before. And I just went up and just said, i like, I'm really sorry. I, I really, I've got to go. I really got to go. I yeah. promise I'm not cheating. You can check my hands or my whatever. And um, you know, that I, I always was so embarrassed by that because, you know, everybody knows what's going on. Right. They, they you know you're about to take a shit. Like, it sucks yeah, as like a 15 year old, right? <laughs> so I then I, 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 I went to the bathroom. I came back. It was fine. But I, I had worked myself up so much that you know, this was like the end all be all of my existence, this test. And it's like, oh gosh, I have a question for you, Kels. What is your biggest fear when you do have the performing anxiety come up? I know like embarrassing yourself, all that stuff, but what is like the deep rooted fear from that? And has that ever, ever come true? Like on stage, have you have, has like your worst fears been like realized on stage before? I think, I think the, um, the thing I play out in my mind that freaks me out the most is if I just were to go completely, completely blank in terms of like, couldn't for the life of me think of what I'm supposed to be saying next or for the rest of my set. And then you're just standing there in silence. Right. That, the thought of that makes (laughs) makes my skin crawl. So I have not had that fully. I have even a couple of weeks ago, there was a moment on stage where, uh, because it's been so long that I've done super long sets, like I'm just starting now to get back on the road. There was a moment where I was like, like a joke finished and I couldn't remember what the next one was. So I had to look down at my phone, you know, where my set yeah. list is a lot of the time. And, but there was like, I just felt like too much time had passed. And so it was like, and I just had to say like, sorry guys, my, uh, you know, quarantine brain is a little mush right now or whatever. And then like, it wasn't weird. Like it was totally fine. It's right. a human thing, but, uh, that scares the shit out of me to just truly not know what I'm going to say next. Oh yeah. And to yeah. not have, I think the thing that scares me, but all those things, like 
things like the Tonight Show, stuff like that, your set is on a teleprompter because they know in advance that people oh, are going to be really nervous. And so they like don't right. want to have any room for that shit going wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be – that would be so scary to me if there weren't like cue cards or stuff and then you just had to hope that your brain didn't short out. Yeah. Absolutely. So. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Did you ever yeah. see that? It was a uh, Tig Notaro um, had a set, I think on Conan, where she forgot what she was saying, but she still absolutely crushed it. Really? She just totally riffed. And this was, I don't know if this was like a main kind of like Conan performance or something more behind the scenes, but... Yeah, there there was a video and she talks about, you know, that she for, she forgot, you know, she's forgetting. She's like forgetting in the moment. She keeps forgetting. And then it just kind of goes on to something else. But like, even when you think about like, you know, that being a worst fear, yeah, like you can still do well and recover from it. But Tig is one of my favorite comedians, by the way. So yeah. I'm not like, I'm not shitting all over her. I absolutely love right. her. Um, but I thought like, wow, that is fucking masterful because right. you're still so funny and you're not even doing your bit right now. You know, like that. Yeah. And so in, in that setting when you're being filmed. Um, yeah. But I, I know, okay, so when I was in doing improv and stuff like that, there was an exercise that always helped me out. Um, and sometimes we would do this before like a performance or a class or whatever. Um, but sometimes the instructor would have us do a really like the shittiest, worst, most unfunny scene on purpose. Just like get it out of the way. Uh, yes. You're all fucking nervous about doing it. So let's just make it happen now. And then we can move on and get into yeah. the stuff. And so we would, we would do the worst, dumbest thing and none of it would make sense. Nobody's listening to each other and usually it would crack us up, but it was bad. And then the yeah. pressure was just lifted, you know? So like making yeah. that shitty thing on purpose or doing the shitty thing before the thing, um, I find yeah. is super helpful as well as just looking at past evidence. Like here are all the times I was nervous for some kind of performance situation, yeah. whether work or social or whatever. And here's all the times I got through it. Here's what, here's how I got through it. Here's the like tips that I use or the tools I use. I'm going to just do that again with this new thing. Um, Right. Looking at that evidence. And another tip that I always found helpful was like, have you heard of like the alter ego effect where you, you do a little something, you, you wear a little something different, or you have something symbolic on you 
to make you feel like a little bit of a different person, creating that like separation between oh, the performance you no, I and have the real it. you. So for me, and I know T- Taylor, Taylor wears jackets like all the time, right? Yeah. I wore this same jacket every time on stage <laughs> for like three years. I, I, I wish I was kidding. It wasn't a bunch of cute, all different ones. It was the same one. And then when that one wore out, I will, I got a new one and wore that same one every single time. You like Steve Jobs did. Yes. It Elizabeth was basic, Holmes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I felt like it was my armor. Like I was, yeah. I was putting on my armor and going into battle and now Delaney was gone. And this other version of her existed now for the stage. And you know, what's so funny. I never fucking wore those jackets off stage ever. They were not wow. part of my normal wardrobe. I didn't yeah. even really like them, to be honest. Um, yeah. They were, that was like me getting into, okay, this is like my persona now. Yeah. So I can survive this event that is very terrifying. Yeah. Um, but some people might might say like putting on glasses, even if you don't have any lenses <laughs> or like lenses on yeah. them, makes you feel like, okay, you know, I know I'm, I'm an expert in this. I can do this or wearing a bracelet of some kind might remind you of a story, but sometimes that symbolism can be really helpful. Um, instead of just pep talking yourself, actually doing something physical to get into that kind of mode. Um, I always think it's very helpful for me. Um, and Taylor and I've talked about this before, but putting our hair on a ponytail when we go on stage, Mm -hmm. it just feels like I am, I'm at work. I am pulling yeah. my hair back. I'm focused. I'm whatever. But I was using it as a crutch for a while as um, wanting to make myself appear more like to be taken more seriously mm-hmm. or something. And now one of the really great parts of headlining is that the people who are coming generally know you and like, like you've right. already won them over for the most part once yes. you're because they're coming to see you. You're not like a random person on the show that you have to prove unless it's like I was saying earlier, some dude who's never been to a comedy show before and is like, oh, my expectations were low. Blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> but, um, but generally it's like, I don't have to worry as much now if it's a show I'm headlining, like I can have my hair down and not worry that because I look like, you know, some just blonde chick that, maybe shouldn't be taken seriously as you know, all those sh- negative shitty stereotypes in comedy that you can't right. like possibly look like something that isn't a dumpster fire and be <laughs> funny and intelligent, right. you know, all, right. those, all those shitty stereotypes. But right. I do feel more comfortable now to um, like have my hair down and just be comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, before we get into segments, I was going to ask you, do you remember when you – like were like losing your virginity or just the first times you did certain sexual acts, what your sort of performance anxiety was around it. Like specific, were there specific things that you were nervous about or like that you felt like you didn't know how to do, or if you like were doing it right or wrong or. Kelsey, when you said that, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast. It could be wrong. I just thought of the first time I touched a penis and saw (laughs) like saw one in front of me and um oh gosh i hope i hope my family it's always awkward when my family tunes in and then doesn't realize what's gonna happen anyway this would be a great time to um exit the episode um (laughs) but i swear i i mean this was okay okay let me explain this i was on a couch (laughs) i was on a couch the penis came out of its area its shell (laughs) the pants okay (laughs) I feel like you're going to have to tune in 
it on YouTube because I want to show you what I did. I looked at it, um, obviously never touched a penis before, whatever. And I went like this. I hit it back and forth. I just hit it back and forth, swiping my hand like a windshield wiper um, and <laughs> did not know what to do with it. I did it like I knew I could I knew I could hold it and, and, and you know, do stuff with it like I knew I could, but I don't think I, I don't know if I wanted to, or if I was just nervous <laughs> and oh. making a joke, I was making a joke out of it. Like, Oh boy. And then, um, Oh no. Yeah. How and then did I, they not just go soft immediately? Well, we put it away after that because I'm oh. like, you know, this could either be, I don't know what I'm doing or I don't want to do it. And either way, I'm not, I'm not about this right now. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to pat it back and forth. Let it swing a little bit, and then um, end of story. So there you go. That was my wow. <laughs> was my- oh my god, you played patty cake with a dick. <laughs> yes. Like you just like a parent trap, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if maybe I just wasn't expecting it, and I just kind of giggle. I just laughed at it, and then I laughed as I was as I was patting it back and forth, and it was swinging around, just cracking yeah. myself up. And then after that point, I'm like, I don't want to do anything serious with this. This has just been too funny. So yeah, you know, not going to really get anywhere else. Wow. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Hey, no problem. Anyway. <laughs> So, oh I don't God. know. I don't. I've. I don't know that person anymore. We. You know. We lost touch. Strange. Yeah. Strange really that weird. they weren't like. This is the one. Yeah. No. Who just didn't batted uh, my dick around like a cat with a toy. It didn't pan out. I could never figure out why. <laughs> but. <laughs> all right, everybody. There you have it. Performance anxiety. It's gonna. It's all. It's okay. It's, it's gonna okay. be okay. It's okay. We all fuck up. We're all imperfect. And if you stumble or if you forget something, maybe some of these tricks um, and tips will be helpful. You can try them out, test them on some friends and family, whatever you got to do. Yeah. Message us. Let us know what stuff that you you, uh, experience anxiety-wise with performance. Yeah. I would also, I would love to hear if you have any tips that were not mentioned. For sure. On this episode. Um, we have an iTunes review of the episode. This is from Freak for Sound. It says, lots of advice and discussion. These three have a relaxed style. They are supportive of one another and also call out each other's crap. (laughs) That is true. Uh, They are grounded and have good sense to admit that they don't know everything, but they do have an opinion. I enjoy Mm -hmm. the nuggets of wisdom. They help me be a better ally for women in my work and professional life. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's awesome. I love hearing that. Yeah. That's helpful I wonder to know. If, <laughs> Mia just put her face by the microphone. I wonder if it's going to pick up a cat purring. Um, g- give you guys a little ASMR during the podcast. Oh, yes. New segment. <laughs> Mia's <laughs> ASMR. Love it. Yeah. Um, so segment-wise, mm-hmm. Delaney and I both celebrated our birthdays this past week. Yes. Delaney's on April 5th. I was on April 10th. Yes. And I, I was – headlining Spokane Comedy Club all weekend and the shows were so fun. They were all sold out and amazing. Thank you to the helpsters who came out. It was so fun to meet you guys. And if you came to the actual my the shows on my birthday on Saturday, something kind of crazy happened during the first show. So I I like very, very rarely drink before I go on stage. Uh as Delaney was talking about 
it can make you forget things. It can make you slur your speech. It's just like, ugh. for me personally, I don't really like to do it. Yeah. But it's my birthday. And so one of my best friends and I went and got dinner beforehand and I had a couple drinks at dinner. And I was like, it's okay. I'll pace myself. Like I've got some food in my stomach. Yeah. But, you know, I had two shows that night. So the first show, the audience knew it was my birthday. And maybe like 15, 20 minutes into the first show, the manager walks up to the stage with a shot. Yeah. And But when I say shot, I mean it was like a tumbler glass full. Oh, like it was, it was probably three shots worth of liquid, okay? Oh, God. So she hands it to me. She goes, somebody bought you a shot. But as she's handing it to me, there's a little piece of paper that says water. Oh. So I go – I'm like, oh, thank you for whoever bought me this shot. And I bring it up to my nose and I'm like, this doesn't smell like water. Oh. But it, they said it's water, so like it has to be water. I'm just thinking like maybe there's some remnants from – I don't uh-huh. know. Some, I don't know. Whatever. So I'm like, cheers. And I gulp like half of it. Oh, God. It is vodka. Oh. And I start like coughing and choking and I'm like, holy shit. And the other comedians and the managers knew that it was quote unquote water. And so they were apparently in the back going, wow, she's a really good actress. Oh, like, no. This is like – confused. Yeah. They're like, wow, she's like really selling this. Oh. Meanwhile, it's actually vodka. I had to finish <gasps> it. I'm standing on stage like, oh, no. Like <gasps> I just had probably like two to three shots worth of vodka – all in one moment, and now I've got the rest of the show and another show. Oh, that my was at God. like seven thirty p.m. And so I, oh, I no. come off stage, and the manager's like, "Oh my God!" Apparently, one of the other comedians had ordered a vodka, just a straight vodka. Yeah, by the way, no soda, or whatever, just straight Typical vodka. Typical comedians. <laughs> ordered a cup of vodka and when the other when like a couple ordered me the shot the bartender made both of those at the same time so the bartender made a vodka and oh a water God. and the manager went and took both of them and the manager goes so this is for sure the water and the bartender goes yes oh my god so <laughs> they it, it was a mix-up but like <laughs> The rest of like the club staff just was like, oh no, <laughs> what is going to happen? And I somehow, I don't know how, but I like, I was fine. I mean, I was definitely, I felt pretty drunk by the end of the night. Yeah. But like I did the second show fine. I wasn't slurring oh my words my or anything gosh. like that, but that was uh, pretty terrifying. I was like, what if I just, because in a moment like that, and I don't drink very frequently anymore. It's like, I could have just blacked out yeah and then had an entire another like sold out shows worth of people right. to perform for and just gotten up there like captain jack sparrow and just be like blah, 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 you know yeah. like not been but not been able to perform no i would not have i i have okay i did a show where i went up stone cold sober and somebody gave me a shot like halfway through my set and i took it and it affected me so bad i did not do well with my set after that like oh it hit God. me instantly yeah, I mean, I, you know, I made it through okay, but I, I just had to play on the fact that I was instantly drunk because yeah. what happens when you have stage fright and you take a, a sip of oh, I was like Fireball or something too. It was a shot of Fireball. Yeah, man, that was my birthday. How was your birthday? Birthday was good. You know, it was nice and relaxing. It was kind of spread out through like the week. Um, had a nice little social distance family dinner. Had something 
uh, with friends, um, outdoors in a really pretty location. Uh, Cam got me some really nice things and yeah, it was great. Nice. Had delicious food. Just, just relaxed, you know? That sounds awesome. Yeah. I feel, do you feel like you kind of just skipped it? It's so funny. Cause I had, you know, my 30th birthday was in quarantine and now this one, you know, 31. Same. I feel like I just kind of skipped 30. Like nobody, I did it like 30 was felt like, Oh, this is such a big milestone. And I realized like, Oh yeah, I didn't really have to tell anybody I was 30 this year. Like I didn't really come across anybody who's like, how old are you? Like, right. Yeah. What's up? 30, no, yeah. just, I went from 29 to 31, just skipped 30. And now I'm like, okay, I guess the yeah. next big one will, will be 40. And then We'll yeah. see what happens from there. But yeah, yeah. it was nice. It was nice. Um, do you have anything to plug that you would like yes. to plug? Yes. So um, by the time we're recording this, I will have um, – or I'm sorry. By the time this comes out, I will have just done my shows at Tacoma Comedy Club. So those of you who came out, thank you so much. I will be headlining the D.C. Comedy Loft in Washington, D.C. May 13th through the 15th. I'll be headlining the Comedy Club of Kansas City the weekend after that, May 20th through the 22nd. And then a whole bunch more road dates coming up if you go to kelseycook.com. I also, my makeup, my virtual makeup workshops have been selling out. They've been so much fun. And so Yay. now I'm adding multiple ones at a time. So the next ones will be this weekend. So April 24th, which is Saturday, and Sunday, April 25th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I only have, th- I only take three spots per class so that I can make sure I give everybody enough, you know, focus and time with people to make sure all makeup questions are being answered and everything. So if you want to be a part of that, email me uh, or, you know, it's actually DM me on Instagram. That's the best way to do it. DM me on Instagram. It's at Kelsey Cook Comedy. And then I can email you more information. But if you want a spot, let me know. They're so fun. Yay. Awesome. Very excited. Very proud of you for doing that. (laughs) Thanks, Um, business coach. Okay. I have a very big announcement. One of my clients, uh, her dream is coming true. Uh, This has been a dream of hers for several years. She is opening up her very own gym. Um, She's been on the podcast. That's a big thing. Big thing. Keisha Keisha. Tower. Yeah. Um, She's a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. She, um, you know, coaches people one-on-one workshops, all this stuff. She's also, um, this incredible, like CrossFit athlete. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, she's opening up a gym called golden warrior in, uh, okay. I'm going to, I I'm going to mispronounce this because people who are from here say it's so much cooler. It's not Louisville, Laguna Kentucky, Niguel? but it's like Louisville, Kentucky, right? Oh, I think we're going to go Louisville, <laughs> Louisville, Louisville. But Louisville. they say it's so much cooler. <laughs> Way cooler. But I made Way that yeah, way performing there. I learned Louisville. Yes. Yeah. So if you live anywhere near there, um, find you can find Keisha on Instagram at K-E-I-S-H-A-N-I-C-O-L-E-T. Um, or you know, check out, yeah, uh Golden Warrior um gym. And if you live anywhere near there, I don't think it's it's I think it's a smaller part of Louisville, but just the general area. So Keisha, I'm so proud of you. I, it's been amazing to watch everything happen for you from, you know, the concept and the seed of an idea to now your grand opening this next month. So I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so, yeah. Send her some love. 
That's awesome. All right, guys. Well, we hope that you are having an awesome day. Thanks, as always, for listening. Make sure you go give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes if you have a second. It really helps us stay on the iTunes charts. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Self-Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.